Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. There's news in the NFL today, and it's time to break it down in the only way we know how. Hot Route Style. Oh, Johnny! With our spin on football headlines with a mix of frozen tundras. Let's be a cold weather team. Neck rolls. And grass-stained jerseys. The good old-fashioned guts was probably the biggest difference in the game. Hello, welcome to our Super Bowl edition of Hot Routes. Matthew Collar here, as always, with Jonathan Harrison. And joining us, the voice behind the intro, Manny Hill. And I was concerned about the timing initially, Manny, because I was like, oh no, we do the episode conflicting with the Wolves game. But since the last time I checked, it was like 49 to 17. I I think you can give your whole focus to our Super Bowl special. See, I was going to say maybe you, maybe the timing was off because LeBron James is going for the all-time scoring record tonight. He's 36 points away. I think they're going to be tipping off here within the next, like, 10 minutes or so. But, but uh, yeah, I, I, I can turn my focus away from the Wolves for one night, I think. Okay, well, it's going to take at least until toward the end of the game for him to have 36 points with that supporting cast anyway. So, uh, yes, turn your whole focus to the Super Bowl. And, of course, with Hot Routes, we have five questions focused on both Chiefs and Eagles, but also history and our personal histories of watching the Super Bowl. So why don't we just jump right into it with our first question, which is uh, I, I struggled with this one myself, and I'm the one who wrote it which is the case for which one of these teams, the Eagles or the Kansas City Chiefs, which team deserves to win the Super Bowl? Now, I know what our home base uh, fan base here in Minnesota would say, that the Eagles deserve to win nothing and uh, that they hope their city burns to the ground. But <laughs> I, uh, don't, I don't think that's a fair way for us to objectively look at it uh, because I know Vikings fans are still very salty about that. Well, so uh, I see, Collar, see what I'm thinking is if Vikings fans want the city of Philadelphia to burn to the ground, they should be rooting for the Eagles to win the game. They might burn the city to the ground. They have greased the poles there. So people can't <laughs> climb up them because they, they've put grease on them. No, I mean, you're right. Uh, they definitely nearly burned that city down the last time that they won the Super Bowl. But uh, we, but we won't look at it that way. We'll make objective arguments for which team, which franchise, which city is more deserving to win the Super Bowl. So since you are our guest, Manny, why don't you begin? Pick which team deserves it more to win this Super Bowl. Yeah, I, you know, like you, Collar, I kind of struggled with this um, because, I mean, there's so many storylines going into – this game for both teams, right? I mean, you have Jalen Hurts that's had so much to prove, um, you know, and so many people just continuing to doubt him and, and you know, thinking that, well, Jalen, should you be a running back when you play in the NFL? And here he is three years into his career and he's playing in the Super Bowl. Um, but I'm going to go with the Chiefs uh, simply because I, I think when you look at a coach like Andy Reid, 
everything that he's done for 20 plus years as a head coach, all the success he had in Philadelphia um, and the success that he's had in Kansas city, he, you know, if he wins the Super Bowl, it's his second championship. It's his fourth trip to the Super Bowl as a, as a head coach. And now you're really starting to talk about, he's already viewed as one of the great coaches of all time, but you get a second Lombardi trophy. Now you're just, you're, you're going up an even higher ladder. You're climbing that ladder even higher and you're getting into some really, um, I think exclusive company because there's, there's so many coaches that have won like one Super Bowl, right? Like Barry Switzer won one Super Bowl. You know what I mean? If you're Andy Reid and you get a second one, now you're into the, you know, you're into the Belichick uh, conversation. You're into the uh, Chuck Knoll conversation and, and the guys that have won multiple uh, Super Bowl championships. So, um, and, I, and I think with Patrick Mahomes, you know, a way to kind of solidify himself as, I think, just five years into his career as a starter, solidify himself as one of the all-time greats. You get a second Super Bowl at, at this age in three trips. I mean, it's, you're, you're in, you're in rare company. So I'm going to go with Kansas city deserving this more. Can I make the case for Vikings fans to root for the Eagles here on hot routes? Because if Vikings fans want to move on from Kirk cousins, the franchise they should look at is the Philadelphia Eagles with how they've transitioned from winning the Super Bowl in 2017, getting rid of Nick Foles, getting rid of Carson Wentz, kind of tearing things down a little bit, but then keeping keeping things still a little competitive. They didn't go full out tank mode, but they drafted a quarterback that they believed in, in Jalen Hurts, and they built around him on that rookie quarterback contract. If the Vikings fans and if they want them, if they want the front office, the Vikings front office to be able to go to the ownership and say, hey, we need to move on from Kirk Cousins. We can't keep doing this just mediocre stuff where we win 13 games somehow by the skin of our teeth and just kind of squeak things out every now and then and sneak into the playoffs. If they want to give Kwesi Adafo Mensa the proof that a teardown works, the Philadelphia Eagles winning the Super Bowl this year would absolutely be the proof of that because they've built around Jalen Hurts. They've stacked up on that defense, went out and traded for another star receiver, even though they already had uh, a young up-and-coming wide receiver in Devontae Smith. They went out and got A.J. Brown to add to that offense. If the Vikings fans want – if if they want the ownership to be able to say, hey, all right, let's 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 just get rid of Kirk. Let's get rid of some of these aging guys that we – that are taking up a lot of cap space. If they want the ownership to understand what's going on and how they should build for the future, the Eagles winning the Super Bowl this year would be the best way to do that. I think that uh, from both teams' perspectives, if you like smart front office moves, if you believe that there are two games being played in the NFL, there is the actual games that are played on Sunday, and then there is the chess game that all front offices play against each other. So it's almost like uh, if you had any of those, well, if you like the old Maddens and you like the offseason more than you liked uh, playing the regular season games, which was definitely me at times, depending on the Madden game. Uh, or if you like adventure or strategy games, I mean, it's a big strategy game is can I use what I have for resources better than you, uh, basically. And now, of course, Patrick Mahomes makes this all much easier for Kansas City, but they made really smart decisions as well with their money around a quarterback who is now very expensive, most notably moving on from Tyreek Hill. And there were people, not a ton of people, but some who thought 
well, you know, this team's just going to fall off now that they don't have their best receiver and so forth. Uh, but they knew exactly what they could move on from, how they could get receivers that were less expensive who would fit with Patrick Mahomes' style. And then on the Eagles' side, you laid it out, Jonathan. I mean, the draft pick of Jalen Hurts was widely given C's or C-minuses or D's or F's uh, on draft night by the draft analysts, and yet – uh, it turned out to be a plus 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 of a draft pick because I think that uh, maybe they didn't understand the long-term vision of the Eagles seeing that if Jalen Hurts became a complete quarterback and with his character and work ethic, maybe they should have projected that anyway. And some other teams in the NFL should have projected that and drafted him higher, but they took advantage of that fact that they knew something was there or at least that it was worth the swing. If he had never turned out to be anything, they would have been in position to get a different quarterback anyway. So I think now that's making the case for both of being deserving front offices and winning the offseason game that exists in the NFL. Uh, I think I would lean a little bit toward making the case for Kansas City just because I think as far as the Mahomes thing, if he loses this Super Bowl, we're going to have to deal with a year of you know, well, can he really win it? I mean, he only won one. And, you know, uh, you know, Trent Dilfer also yeah. won one. So maybe he's not that great. And maybe it's somebody else who's the best quarterback in the league. And I don't know that my brain can take that without just exploding into 10,000 pieces like it did when they were talking about Burrow potentially being better than Mahomes if they won another face-to-face -face matchup. So I think – for the legacy purposes, Manny, I, I think I want to see Mahomes just solidify his name among the all-time greats who have won multiple Super Bowls. And then if he never wins another one ever in his career, he's always going to have two Super Bowls and we can never have this discussion about who the best quarterback is again. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I, I just, the, the, the manufacturing of these debates that so many people are having I mean, it's it's just this guy is playing in his third Super Bowl. He's very likely going to win his second MVP award. I mean, the guy is going to be in the MVP conversation basically every season um, until, you know, he starts to, I guess, kind of decline out of his prime. But the I mean, what more can this guy what more should this guy actually have to do for people to understand he's the best in the game right now? And it's really not a conversation. It's okay to look at Joe Burrow and say, yeah, Joe Burrow's pretty damn good and just leave it at that. It doesn't have to be a conversation where, well, you know, should, should we compare these two guys because, well, when they've played head to head, I mean, Burrow's always had the upper hand. Like it doesn't, none of that matters. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Just leave it be. I mean, five straight trips to the AFC championship, all of them at home is uh, completely unprecedented for any quarterback and the numbers these put up and everything else. But it's sort of like that boredom thing that happened with Tiger Woods or with uh, Serena Williams, where it was like, mm -hmm. what about this Maria Sharapova? Like, no, no, no. Serena's <laughs> about to beat her face in like 700 straight times. So, I mean, that, you know, I think that that does happen where there is that element of like, I mean, even with Aaron Rodgers, he wins back-to-back -back MVPs, doesn't get to the Super Bowl because of a blocked punt or a snow game or whatever. It was like, well, is Rodgers, uh, you know, his legacy hurt by not winning another Super Bowl, even though it is so difficult to win 
multiple Super Bowls. Drew Brees only had one in his career, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. But Mahomes can put himself in such a unique echelon that we'll never have to discuss it again. And I will be very pleased. And as far as uh, the Vikings angle to this, I mean, I guess I look at Kansas City as the AFC Vikings for such a long time. They were always switching quarterbacks from uh, Dave Craig to Steve DeBerg to Elvis Gerback, and yet always winning and always good and then never quite good enough. And then Alex Smith is similar to Kirk Cousins in a lot of ways. And then they got the guy. And I guess what I would say from that is to Vikings fans, like, it's possible, folks. It is possible. Try to get the guy. Try to find the guy. You got to try. (laughs) Give him a shot. For your middling franchise. So just in the same way that Jonathan made that argument, I think you can make it for your middling good franchise can also take another step if you get the guy. Um, and Kansas City has better food than Philadelphia. So I'm going to lean uh, ever so slightly, <laughs> having been to both, um, toward Kansas City on this one. All right, I want to go back in time a little bit, guys, with you here and ask you this question, which Super Bowl result still stings you to the core to think about which one were you rooting for a team that didn't win or came up short or that you were super hyped about and it just flat out disappointed you from the very start like wolves and nuggets tonight or uh you know whatever way you want to interpret this one why don't you start with the super bowl that still stings you to think about jonathan uh, for me, it goes back to the 2009 Super Bowl, Pittsburgh versus Arizona. I was a huge Kurt Warner fan. Loved that uh, Minnesota's own Larry Fitzgerald was in there, had himself a pretty big game. But then they lost on the last, what is it, essentially the last second catch by Antonio Holmes, if I'm remembering correctly. Antonio Holmes, yes. Yeah. Antonio Holmes. And just an incredible catch by him in the back corner of the end zone in the biggest moment. You also have the James Harrison, like 101 yard fumble return run back at the end of the half, just some incredible plays there. But I also just wanted to see Kurt Warner kind of go out winning the Super Bowl Cause I was always a big fan of his. Uh, he was one of the first quarterbacks that I can remember just kind of latching onto when I was first starting to kind of understand what football was and everything. So I wanted Arizona to win that for multiple reasons. And it was very disappointed that they didn't off that, Incredible catch by San Antonio Holmes. Yeah, I remember that uh, block in the back that they missed on that uh, James Harrison pick six right before <laughs> halftime. That blatant block in the back that would have nullified that touchdown. That would have changed the course of that game, perhaps. Uh, but I digress. Anyway, um, so I'm going to go with Super Bowl 38. You remember the, the cardiac cats, the, the, the Carolina Panthers, on their run to the Super Bowl with Jake DeLome. Um and you know they win that they win that uh, that double overtime game in St. Louis in overtime. Steve Smith has the long touchdown in the divisional round against the Rams. They go into Philadelphia and uh, their defense just dominates the Eagles um, in the NFC Championship game. And then they get to the Super Bowl in Houston and they're matched up against Tom Brady and the Patriots. And you know the Patriots were the best team in football that year, but it was still kind of like they weren't really like viewed as the dynasty Patriots yet. I mean, Brady was, was really good, but he wasn't, they, nobody was thinking like this guy's going to be the greatest quarterback of all time. It was just, Hey, Tom Brady and Bill Belichick are in their second Super Bowl in three years. And maybe they'll win it again. The Panthers were right there with the Patriots neck and neck with them. And John Fox keeps going for two. Cause he keeps chasing points and they, 
don't convert any of their two-point conversions and they're put in a weird spot. Well, then they finally tie the game with a late touchdown from Ricky Prohl. And on the ensuing kickoff, John Casey, the left-footed kicker yeah. for the Panthers, kicks the ball out of bounds, giving the ball to the Patriots at like the 40-yard line. And basically Brady completes like two passes to get Vinatieri in position to kick the winning field goal. And it's like Jake DeLome, who you're you're already watching this game and you're thinking, Jake DeLome's never going to take a team to the Super Bowl again. Like, come on. Like, this is this is never going to happen again. And it gets his his great, gutsy, gritty performance on the biggest stage uh, gets just nullified because the kicker kicked the ball out of bounds. So that's the one that always kind of stings to me. Well, there is a theme here uh, to this then uh, for my couple of picks. One is just a couple of words here. Uh, hand the ball to Marshawn. Just <laughs> give the ball to Marshawn Lynch. And, you know, over the years, and it, it happened in the immediate after, and over the years people have argued this, well, you know, there's not that many interceptions that get thrown at the goal line, and maybe it was the right idea and, and a bunch, whatever other stuff. Give the ball to Marshawn. No, the defense had this certain look. Marshawn Lynch was playing like Bo Jackson in Tecmo Bowl in that game. <laughs> he made a one-handed catch and then had a big run to get them to the goal line. That man would not be denied in that game. I don't care what the defensive look was. At least you have to give him a shot to score that touchdown. Uh, and instead... They end up throwing the ball. Everybody knows about the rest of the history. And there you have it. Uh, the New England Patriots get a Super Bowl win when they really didn't deserve it. But instead, Russell Wilson threw the interception, which probably sent him on a very weird path for the rest of his career where he couldn't relate to people and they wouldn't trust him. And I don't know, like Pete Carroll never had the whole trust of that group again. It was you know, it was a very uh, defining moment for what happened after, which is that, you know, they were always good, but never great again, really after that, never truly, truly great. Like they were that season. So that was an unfortunate one. And I still just feel bad for Marshawn Lynch. I mean, he's such a dominant running back. Give him the ball. Uh, and then poor Matt Ryan, a great quarterback of the era and what Matt Ryan needed for his legacy and to go to the hall of fame. Cause I'm not sure he goes or not uh, is a super bowl. And he's up 28 to three. And if you go back and look, Matt Ryan played a phenomenal game against the New England Patriots. Yep. But like the Seattle Seahawks before them, Kyle Shanahan got a little cute, wouldn't run the ball. Then there's a holding penalty and moves them out of field goal position. It stays at 28 instead of going to 31. Just enough time for Tom Brady to pull the comeback against the Falcons the incredible what Julian Edelman catch that looked like it wasn't to be. I that that is still a stinger. And I, I also have to say that Super Bowls that are terrible also bother me. And look, I mean it happens. It's the NFL, there are blowouts, but when a team completely no-shows, it just ruins America. So I I just <laughs> cannot stand when that happens. And when the Denver Broncos snapped it out of the back of the end zone or into the end zone on like the first play against Seattle and it was just over, I was so mad. I was mad for weeks because I thought like that Denver offense was one of the best ever. And here's a Seattle defense and the whole week they're hyping it up and like, let's go Super Bowl. And then what, <laughs> like what, what is everyone doing? 
So there are uh, there are dozens that fall into this category of either some team giving Tom Brady a free Super Bowl or uh, the Super Bowl no shows. But and of course, Tom Brady involved in one recently with Kansas City a couple of years ago where Kansas City's O-line was just dominated. So those are the ones that that still hurt the most, guys. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Yeah, I, I know that there, there's a there's a few more that come to mind. The the Titans coming up one yard short against the Rams. It was such a great game. And Steve McNair just played his heart out. You know, rest in peace to him. But uh yeah, there's that one. Um, you know, I think about the uh, the one the the Steelers Seahawks Super Bowl where there was all of these like officiating, you know, officials that were you know making these weird calls, and you know it was just not a very well played game at all by by either team really. I mean, Ben Roethlisberger, you know, if you're a starting quarterback on a team that wins the Super Bowl, you get credit for that. But Ben Roethlisberger did not play well in that game at all. And he was given a free touchdown in that game. That ball did not go across the line, and they still ruled it a touchdown. Um, and that game was just uh, not not very well played. And then, of course, we were told for the 50 millionth time that Jerome Bettis was from Detroit when the game was over. Oh, he was? <laughs> I, I had no idea. Uh, Mike Holmgren still claims to this day that a comment that he made to the refs before the game is what swung the tide with the referees. I, I think that it's a hard game to ref, but there were some very mysterious calls. And uh, I also agree with Scott in the comments that every time a bad Super Bowl occurs, a piece of America's soul dies. And, you know, a good yeah. Super Bowl could bring the nation together. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, hopefully we get one. Is that the problem with America? Not enough great Super Bowls recently. Um, <laughs> who's to really say? So there are, uh, but there there are many here. And I'll just bring up one more to rub salt in Vikings fans' wounds, which is 1998, because we know who should have been in the Super Bowl. We know yep. what happened for them not to be in the Super Bowl. And then, you know, the, again, America slowly dying with bad Super Bowls. It was over so fast with the Broncos just blasting the heck out of the Atlanta Falcons. And even as someone myself who at the time did not even live in Minnesota, it was just so disappointing. It was like, oh, the Vikings would have done better here. The Vikings at the time had the best offense, I believe, of all time at that mm -hmm. point, that they had scored more points in the regular season. If anyone was going to match up with that amazing Denver Broncos team, it would have been the Vikings because it clearly was not the Falcons. So that one is still a stinger. I imagine for everyone. Now let's look at the opposite side of that though, friends. 
which Super Bowl made you feel the best for the winner? Because you know what? With this Super Bowl, one thing that's great is as long as it's a good game and it doesn't ruin our country, um, you know, I think that I'll feel good for whoever wins. I mean, we laid out the cases. If Jalen Hurts wins, it'll be a great kind of underdog story of someone who came from getting benched in college to progressing, to being questioned. And, you know, I'm sure that the Eagles weren't even complete believers after last year. And then to kind of prove everybody wrong there, uh, or if it's Patrick Mahomes, it'd be great for him and Andy Reid. So like, yeah, you can get on board with either one from my perspective, but let's go into the past. Which Super Bowl winner made you feel the best? Why don't we start with Manny on this one? Yeah, so this the the game itself wasn't great. In fact, it was really bad because it was played in the rain and both teams were kind of fumbling the ball all over the place. But uh, when the Colts won Super Bowl Forty One um, in Miami over the Bears, um, it was I think it was it was for a lot of people in Minnesota. A lot I think a lot of people were happy for Tony Dungy uh, because of the connect, the local connection with him being a former gopher and then, you know, being a former Vikings defensive coordinator. Um, and so a lot of people here in Minnesota were, were, I think were kind of rooting for Tony Dungy to win the Super Bowl, and they were playing the bears, a division rival. So like you're a Vikings fan, you don't want to see the bears win the Super Bowl, you know? Um, but I was also kind of happy because not that I was even rooting for the bears, but, I couldn't believe at that point, I couldn't believe that Lovey Smith was sticking with Rex Grossman at that point of the season. <laughs> if you go back and you look at Rex Grossman's last like seven games of that regular season, he was awful. He was brutal. Everything about what he was doing was telling you if the Bears even make it to the Super Bowl, this guy is going to short circuit their chances of winning a championship. He stinks. And the fact that Lovey Smith didn't even like for a second, think about going to Kyle Orton and look, Kyle Orton, not a great quarterback in his own right, but like, give yourself a chance. Lovey, give yourself a chance. <laughs> this guy is going to short circuit your season. And he didn't listen to anybody. He started Rex Grossman and we saw the Super Bowl. did not go well. So, you add that into it, I was especially happy that Tony Dungy won that night because he deserved it. And a great point uh, from our friend Aaron, which is Prince absolutely demolished yes. the all-time greatest halftime show, unquestioned by Prince. 100%. And uh, again, it's funny, I, I wasn't living here in Minnesota at the time, but since I play guitar, I was just totally captivated by Prince. I already knew that he was great, but that to me solidified like Prince is one of the great guitar players of all time after that. So, I mean, as far as like the winners and losers of Super Bowls, Prince, though he's a basketball player, as we found out from Chappelle's show and not a football player, but uh, one of the all time winners of, uh, of the Super Bowl. So uh, what's your choice, Jonathan? I'm going to go with uh, where Scott in the comments was talking about the very next year from Manny's was the Giants defensive performance against the Patriots. Scott says this, uh, the year that the Patriots would have gone undefeated. The defense was just overwhelming Brady. And I'm not really happy for the Giants because they won. Congratulations, you win another Super Bowl. I'm happy for America that the Giants won, that we didn't have to deal with an undefeated Patriots team. We didn't have to hear Boston fans continually forever be able to uh, 
you know, just spouted off from the mountaintops that they had the undefeated season. They had the greatest season of all time with a completely stacked roster with Randy Moss and Tom Brady and everything, everybody else they had on that team. I'm just happy for America that the Patriots were not allowed to win that one, that David Tyree had some kind of stick him on his helmet and was able to catch, catch that ball that paint that Eli Manning's Jersey somehow didn't completely rip off though. Pretty much did rip off that, uh, the Giants offensive line definitely was choking the uh, Patriots defensive line on that play as well uh, as that was brought up this past this past week or whatever. I, I think I think America won that one that the Patriots didn't go undefeated. America See, I, won. America won by the Patriots losing. That's yep. <laughs> and, and in a good Super Bowl, which yes, which heals yes. all of us. Uh, yes. That's really the focus here. Is uh, it's a very patriotic podcast here tonight. We care about our nation. <laughs> And how they feel about the Super Bowl. But uh, no, you're right, Jonathan. It would have been miserable had they won another Super Bowl. And I, you know, what's funny about that one. I just, I remember I was working, I think I was in college at the time and I was working at a grocery store and I had to work during the Super Bowl. So just bad break for me and got home just in time to see that. Like I had taped the game, but I was like, I got to see like what's going on just in time for that drive and to see him make that catch. And I mean, it's one of the great plays, one of the iconic plays in Super Bowl history. And also it was great to see someone else other than the Patriots win because that was obnoxious. But uh, for me, I'm going to go back a little bit here into the 90s, as one does on this podcast. I will say the get the monkey off my back Super Bowl for Steve Young, 1994. He was the best quarterback in the NFL. If you look statistically, and I did this recently, of all the quarterbacks in the 90s, just 1990 to 1999, you'd be amazed how bad the numbers are for the great quarterbacks, that if you had an 88 quarterback rating, you used to be pretty good. But he was so far ahead of everybody else, statistically, pretty much across the board, and yet it was always the Dallas Cowboys who kept getting in his way, the best team of the 90s, and he finally got past them faces a Chargers team that really had no business being there. It should have been the Miami Dolphins and crushes them in that Super Bowl. And even though it was painful to watch a bad Super Bowl, uh, it was great for Steve Young with just the incredible career that he had. He was deserving of being a Super Bowl quarterback. So I felt very good for him to win that one. And then another quarterback who had struggled to win one for a long time was John Elway. John Elway was known as the biggest Super Bowl loser there was outside of Jim Kelly, who never got his. But with John Elway, he had lost four Super Bowls. And it was like, this guy could just never win one. He goes to Super Bowl after Super Bowl and can't lost win. Lost him badly, too. Yes, right. Got crushed. Was it four or three? It, it might have been three. Yeah, three. Lost, okay. That, that was his, his fourth Super Bowl that he got to. That was the number. And then he ends up uh, winning it and just like what it means to win after you've lost three of them. And that's been your reputation is that you've played terribly in all of those Super Bowls. Plus those teams were just so good. So exciting. Elway throwing it down the field to McCaffrey and Smith and Terrell Davis having his all time great years. Um, that was, that was just a really cool team to see win. and John Elway deserved it. I also agree with Scott, about uh, Andy Reid winning his Super Bowl for the first time and how it got won on the throw from Patrick Mahomes to Tyreek Hill off the back foot, 50 yards in the air. I mean, it just couldn't have been won in a cooler way for Andy Reid to finally get one. So I agree with that. But those two, those two in the 90s really stuck out to me as ones that were deserving. And 
hey, look, I mean, even though Steve McNair lost that one, which is certainly on my list of ones that sting because I liked Steve McNair so much, Kurt Warner winning a Super Bowl is one of the coolest stories in NFL history, hands down. So that one was another one uh, similar to how I feel going into Sunday, where it's like whoever wins this one, it's going to be pretty cool for them. Uh, so let's move on to the next question here, which is um, you guys have heard that the NFL is scripted, of course. Uh, and <laughs> now I'm pretty sure that this, that whole thing was just a gag. I don't know, but like Arian Foster saying that, you know, the NFL is scripted and so forth. And, uh, obviously if you're, I've seen some pretty gruesome injuries on the field that they've had to script. I saw a guy break his leg right in front of me in training camp. I don't know if that was on the script, but that was disturbing. So anyway, uh, if that was on the script, that guy got really mad when he got that one. But let's say that uh, we were the script writers of the Super Bowl. I want you guys to write out the script for how this game could go to make it one of the best. Jonathan, why don't you begin with your Super Bowl script? Well, I'm going to start off with kind of the footnotes of this script and that there will be no uh, questionable calls by the referees. They will call a perfect game because I don't want. Okay. Then we know it's scripted, Jonathan. You have to make it seem like it's not. <laughs> no, 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 no. I don't want any questionable calls because I don't want the focus after the game being on the refs. I want the focus of the game being on the game that was played. And as much as everybody likes defense and everything, I, I want an offensive shootout between two of the best offenses in the league. I don't care about defensive play. Give me essentially flag football and these two teams going at it. The last quarterback to have the ball wins essentially is how I want it to come down at the very end of this game with the, the season on the line, the championship on the line, the biggest prize there is in this game on the line. And it's just pure offensive football. Like, like uh, the 13 seconds uh, last year between the bills and the chiefs still considered one of the best games of all time. Give me that in the Super Bowl. I don't care about, I don't want a defensive battle like we've seen in the past where it's 13 to three and the Patriots beat the Rams just by shutting down the offense. Cause that is a disgusting game that no one ever wants to remember. Give me an offensive shootout with it. It honestly, it doesn't matter who wins because both these teams deserve it as we've talked about already. And if it comes down to Jalen hurts, throwing an absolute dime of a pass to AJ Brown, so be it. I'm all for it. As long as it's a good uh, hard fought game and there's plenty of offense and no questionable calls from the refs. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products like Venom heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Yeah, I'm 100% with Jonathan on this. I'm envisioning, for me, this scripts out the way. Do uh, you guys remember that Chiefs-Rams Monday night 
football yes. game where the final score was like, I don't know, it was 52 to 48 or something mm-hmm. like that. It was like an arena league game. Uh, that's, that's what I want to see on Sunday. I want Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes just throwing haymakers back and forth, just both just making unbelievable plays. We know they can both make plays, obviously, with their arm and uh, they're both mobile quarterbacks as well. I know Mahomes is dealing with the ankle thing, but um, I think these two weeks will give him a little bit more uh, juice in that ankle. He'll be able to move around a little bit better. Um, I think if both guys put on a show, nobody has a lead larger than four points in this game. The game is just tight the entire way. There's no double-digit leads. I like Jonathan's idea of the referees are not interjecting themselves into this and making bad calls. They just call the game the way it should be called. They let the players play. And then uh, Patrick Mahomes scrambles for a 15-yard touchdown on fourth down as time expires. And the Chiefs win 51-48. to <laughs> Okay, I'm going to go with no punts. There's just no punts. I don't even care how it happens. I don't even care if there are interceptions, turnovers, fumbles, as long as it's not like the uh, uh, the Broncos and Cowboys one, which was in the late 70s, where there were eight turnovers by the Broncos in that oh, game. Yeah. So let's not have it be that ridiculous. But just as long as we're not seeing any punts, Andy Reid and Nick Sirianni, they decide we're going for it in every red zone opportunity we're trying to score here. So that's one place to start. But I think you guys, you guys kind of took out – the iron and hit it off the tee right down the middle of like, Oh, let's see the quarterbacks have fun. Neither of you went for like total calamity, outrageous ridiculousness. See what I was thinking is let's say it is at the end of the game, 45 to 42 or something. And the chiefs have the ball. Mahomes throws it to Travis Kelsey who pitches it backward to MVS who takes it all the way, a hook and ladder to win the Super Bowl. Now that is how you script the end of a Super Bowl, guys. Jonathan, I expected more from you as a wrestling fan. As someone who likes scripted sports, you're like, I hope they all have fun. Like, come on, Jonathan. I mean, I once watched one of the wrestling things where a guy brought out a tractor and picked up the whole ring and threw the other guy out of it. You couldn't come up with anything crazier? I'm sorry I don't have a welcomed-in member of the bloodline interjecting and hitting the Chiefs in the back with a chair at the last moment. Sorry I didn't have that. (laughs) There's a connection, the tribal chief, uh, Roman Reigns. So uh, maybe uh, if if you're a Simpsons fan, Fan Man flies down and knocks down the game-winning field goal with his fan or something. Come on. We could okay. I, I've got it. I've got it. Right. For the most preposterous ending would be Mahomes has got the ball with a chance to win the game. It's been a back and forth legendary performance. Somebody hits him in the ankle. Chad Henney comes in, goes full legend, leads the game-winning drive out of nowhere. Just throwing dimes off the bench. You know what? I, I saw Chad Henney as a true freshman quarterback at the University of Michigan drive 90 yards with no touch with no timeouts against the Gophers for a winning touchdown back in 2000 that is 2004 so he's got it in him he can do it he he's could always, do something like he's that he's always been clutch and maybe maybe if we throw in a power bomb or a people's elbow or something into this game uh that'll be good somebody off a top rope um to win this but yeah i mean i think that this one will at least i always think this probably but like, i think this one is a really good matchup and I have trouble seeing it 
not be like that. But you know, if Kansas City wins, the uh, NFL is scripted. People will return. I just wish that they had scripted us a better NFC matchup (laughs) if they were scripting it. Like, hey, Josh Johnson coming off the bench would have been amazing, but then the script had him getting hurt too. What did they want? Kyle Juszczyk to throw a couple of touchdowns or what? Are you really complaining about a fullback throwing passes? Uh, Yeah, I mean, that's they could have done a better job with that one. All right, last question here. Your all-time Super Bowl what if, and then we'll – decide who we uh, think is actually going to win the game. So Jonathan, uh, or wait, Manny, you start this one, your all-time favorite Super Bowl, what if? What if Adam Vinatieri misses that kick Mm. in 36? And the reason why I say that is because the Rams had captured all the momentum. They were down, remember, they were down 17-3. to And then they went down and scored two touchdowns. Ricky Prohl, we were talking about Ricky Prohl earlier. Um, Ricky Prohl scores the tying touchdown. The the Rams had gained complete control of that game. And if Tom Brady doesn't march down and get them in the field goal range, obviously, you know, who knows what would have happened. So I've always kind of thought, like, what if Vinatieri just, like, shanked that kick to the left or something, and they go into overtime, and then the Rams, like, win the toss in overtime? Kurt Warner and those guys, they probably marched down the field, you know, and the original overtime rules, it was sudden death at that time. You get in the field goal range, your kicker makes the kick, and it's over, and you win. Um, and then we're talking about, we might not be talking about a Patriots dynasty. We might be talking about what the St. Louis Rams had become because it would have been a second Super Bowl in three years for them. So that's that's one that I've always kind of thought about is, what if Vinatieri had missed that kick? And maybe, I mean, maybe uh, it doesn't, I don't know. It probably like Tom Brady probably becomes that great anyway, but I don't know, like that confidence from that one happening where it wouldn't feel like his only shot. It would feel like just the beginning for him. Like maybe it does turn out to be a little different. There's like seven Brady. What ifs he, he is <laughs> this close to being the biggest Super Bowl choker ever. I yeah. mean, if they lose to Seattle, if they lose to Atlanta, if they lose to Carolina, if they lose to the Rams, I mean, you're, you're really thinking like this guy can't win the big one. He keeps getting his teams there. But I guess uh, if you keep getting chances in the Super Bowl, that you'll probably have some luck bounce your way. But gosh, what if Patrick every... Mahomes has a healthy offensive line two years ago? Or, or even in 2018, if they don't get called for some kind of weird and questionable penalties against the Patriots – that allowed the Patriots to go to that Super Bowl and beat a very mediocre Rams team that probably shouldn't have been there anyway. It should have been New Orleans in that Super Bowl. So, yeah, I mean, the Super Bowl is made for what-ifs. What is your favorite, Jonathan? I mean, continuing on what you guys said, what if Terrell Owens didn't have the broken leg going into that game Mm. and he was fully healthy? Because you already saw what he did essentially on that damaged leg. If he had a fully healthy leg and was able to just go full go against the Patriots, do do the Eagles win that one? I think it – it gets a little bit closer than it was uh, for me. It always comes down as a lifelong Vikings fans to what if the Vikings had gotten to the 98 Super Bowl and then the Super Bowl against the, the Colts, if they had beaten the Saints, how do those two games play out differently? I think the one against Denver is a little bit closer than Atlanta was able to put up. And then I think they would, they would probably beat that, that Colts team in that Super Bowl with Brett Favre. If he didn't have to get, you know, just absolutely just, 
beaten up and just driven into the ground like the Saints did. If the Vikings are able to get to either of those two Super Bowls, I think they win one or two or both of them. But also if Brett Favre gets there and he wins with the Vikings, what does that do for his before the Mississippi thing, obviously? What does that do for his legacy, especially as a Packers great winning one for the cross-border rivals? He obviously probably wouldn't get his jersey retired as quickly as it did. But how long does it take to mend that relationship uh, outside of uh, just kind of the legacy, the overall football legacy of his? No, I thought of a few related to a uh, Packers quarterback or maybe soon to be former Packers quarterback. I don't know. But there's a lot of Aaron Rodgers what ifs, too, about multiple Super Bowls Mm -hmm. uh, and Brett Favre. I mean, Brett Favre throws the interception against the Giants where they had a bunch of chances to win that game. And with Aaron Rodgers, a lot of it's sort of been out of his hands um, where, okay, he could have played better in the snow against San Francisco, but they're winning that game. They're punting it away. It's pretty normal stuff. And Garoppolo wasn't moving the ball. Nobody was in that weather. If they just get the punt off regularly, do they go to the Super Bowl? Uh, Or if their defense could have stopped the 49ers running game at all in 2019, does Rodgers get another Super Bowl? If they could recover an onside kick against the Seattle Seahawks, does Aaron Rodgers get another Super Bowl? So I think that uh, nobody feels any sort of sadness for Green Bay. They have lots of Super Bowls over their history and lots of great seasons and chances, but also there's so many that came close and just never happened for them. Um, I'm sure that Drew Brees kind of feels the same way about the latter part of his career where they were one of the best teams in the league repeatedly, and it's a Minneapolis miracle. It's a missed pass interference call. It's a final catch in the end zone by Kyle Rudolph. These crazy endings. Vernon Davis beats them. Yeah, right. I mean, right. It's just crazy. Like the way that uh, their seasons ended. Um, So there's there's some of that. But the the all timer for me, and this won't surprise either one of you guys, Scott Norwood. Mm. The all time. What if I don't know if the Bills make it back to three more Super Bowls after that, but because they were driven by losing those Super Bowls and, and that miss. But. Buffalo would have a Super Bowl if that ball does not go a few feet to the right. And I don't know, man, like it's just one of the one of the iconic moments of the Super Bowl, one of the saddest moments in all of pro sports history where the guy has a chance. But it was a hard kick back in the day. Forty seven now a little easier. But, you know, back in the day, it was not as easy with the K balls and everything else that that's kind of set up uh, the, the training for the kickers. If someone made a 47 yard field goal, that was like a long boot back in 1990. Now it's, you know, kind of a chip shot. So that's just kind of how it is. But uh, poor Scott Norwood, any of those guys who went through that with kicking misses. And one other one would be the San Diego Chargers, the Ladanian Tomlinson, Phillip Rivers, Antonio Gates. How did it not happen for them that they even got to a Super Bowl with those teams that they came up short? Uh, They are a what if Um, they had just made one more play, one more kick, didn't fumble an interception, all those things go into that category. So that's not uh, just one all-timer. That's a lot of them, but that's what the Super Bowl does. So let's make our picks. We didn't actually script it. They didn't ask us, so we don't know who's <laughs> going to win. Uh, what would be best for our nation, fellas? What's the pick? Uh, I'll go first. I'm going to take Kansas City. I feel like Philadelphia is the better all-around team. I think they have the better defense. Um, 
and you know obviously they have terrific weapons on offense and Jalen Hurts is and and I mean you just look at the way they played in the two games against the Giants and then against San Francisco in the NFC title game I mean they just look like a like a complete buzzsaw that they look almost unbeatable really uh but there's just something about Patrick Mahomes and all of this talk about legacy and you know all the talk about his ankle is he fully healthy and you know, and then, you know, Andy Reid kind of, you know, trying to get that second Super Bowl against a team that he coached for over a decade um, long ago. There's just something about this edge that the Chiefs seem to have with the way that they've won in, the, in these playoffs. Um, they're just to me, it just feels like they're going to find a way to get it done um, on Sunday. So I'm going to take Kansas City. Yeah, I'm not deviating too much from that. I just believe Kansas City has it in them. Not that Philadelphia doesn't. I just think, as Manny said, they find ways just every single time when they're down. They just find ways to pull it out of the pull it out of the hat and find a way to win it. And yeah, they probably the Eagles are probably the more well-rounded team. They have a they have a more I think they have a better defense than the Chiefs, and it's more much more physical. And they've played much more physical in these playoffs than the Chiefs have. But I just – there's something about Patrick Mahomes that I see him winning this one. Jalen Hurts is a great quarterback. He's done well this season. I just don't think this is this is it right now. I think maybe next year is probably the better chance for the Eagles. But I think the, the Chiefs pull this one out. Well, I don't want to be one of those uh, graphics that gets shared and everyone says the disrespect <laughs> or old takes exposed. Look how wrong these idiots were. I'm also picking Kansas City. It's really just for Patrick Mahomes, but also Steve Spagnolo has done an amazing job in these games. I mean, this is nothing new for him as a defensive coordinator to go up against the very good offense. I do think that Philadelphia is an absolute house when it comes to their offensive line, their weapons, and that this is going to be some problems for the Kansas City Chiefs. It's just that they have the greatest walking human being playing quarterback on Kansas City's side and a, a defense that I think can make some plays in the passing game, as we've seen, some big interceptions, big sacks. But I don't know. I mean, it's, it's a great matchup between – uh, two very, very good teams, two well-coached teams, two well-designed teams. But for the sake of the future of the United States, I hope <laughs> it's a great game. That's all That's all I'm really looking forward to. But I, I guess I'll we'll, we'll sweep the panel here and go all Kansas City. But, you know, we could be wrong. It's, that's, how, that's why I don't bet, because who knows who's ever going to win. It's actually not scripted. I don't know if you guys knew that. So, uh, Manny, always a pleasure to have you on the show. Tremendous stuff as always. And I think we said a couple weeks ago when we did a show like Manny's got to be here for the Super Bowl show, no matter what you moved all the things off your schedule, the parties, the Wolves game, everything else. And uh, so, so I'm glad that we could get together and Jonathan and I do this for anybody listening for the first time every Tuesday night here on YouTube. Um, so make sure you continue to tune in nine o'clock on Tuesdays and we will catch you all later. Thanks again, guys.